0: Welcome to Success Talks, an exclusive podcast for our Yellow Magazine contributors. Success Talks features life-enhancing interviews with real people in professional roles and small businesses, providing our listeners tools, insights and thought leadership to help restore life balance and redefine success. Each interview is varied and includes key lessons designed to help you focus your mind, improve productivity, and enable freedom and fulfillment. Enjoy today's episode. Hello everyone and welcome to another podcast by Success Talks, but in this one it's going to be completely different. Why? Because the topic is authenticity and I figured I might as well just free flow and see what happens. Normally, I plan these sessions, which you'll be able to tell. Previously, I would have read a script. I would have introduced Marina, but I have none of it. Nothing at all. So let's see what happens. Welcome, Marina. Pleasure to have you. Uh, Like I said, I would normally have a script to introduce you, but I don't. So please, can you introduce yourself? (laughs) Well, hello, world. Um, My name is Marina. My
1: business is called Depressity Studio, and um, I help business people of all shapes and sizes determine what their value is in the world of business and how they can grow their brand, their, um, their image, if you like, into something that resonates with them, that is really, really true to their personality, to the way they believe business should be done to their way of working, um, and that aligns with their goals and their audience. And um, yeah, hence, hence the topic of authenticity. It is something that comes up at least twice a week in conversation in my work. The forever and never-ending question of can I do that? Can I really do that? You know, is is this professional? How, what will people think if I do that? Mm -hmm,
0: Absolutely. I did some research before and I wanted to know um, how important is authenticity to people. And what I learned is that in the last 10 years, the word authenticity has been used, um, uh, has increased uh, uh, three times, three times in the last 10 years. So it's clearly becoming more important. I don't know where that's driven from in the last 10 years. Maybe, actually, no, I do. Tech, it has to be. Social media. Um, yes, I'm sure.
1: Uh, I can, on a, on a more base level, I can also see that, because that in Maslow's hierarchy, the top tier is self-fulfillment. And I think as we're becoming more affluent as a society and, and our needs are met better, more of us get, into that top tier where we're now looking for that spot of, well, you know, what is my individual contribution to this world and how can I define who I am? Because we are incredibly hardwired to be part of groups, but at the same time, we all feel this really innate need to be unique and to have something that is just ours. And in some people that's really, really prevalent. Um, you know, that they, they can't do anything by the book. They just have to be different and they have to stand out. And, you know, come what may, no box will ever be the right shape for them. Um, and others are, are happier to be part of the group and, and to fit into that more easily. Um, but I completely agree. I mean, we are so... Inundated with images of what other people's lives look like and how they want to be seen and how they want to present themselves, that I think we're looking at ourselves. And first of all, there's this whole imposter syndrome of holy cow, my life looks nothing like this. And why am I older than this person and not doing the same things? <laughs> you know, why do I not own a yacht?
0: <laughs> yeah, why do I not?
1: <laughs> um, But we are, we know that this kind of technology asks us to have a persona and to to be an attractive version of ourselves. And that can be both really positive and really negative.
0: Um, Positive and negative. Like, what's the positive? What's the negative? I think to somebody who
1: finds confidence in their own niche and and finds that place of authenticity where they can truly show the world who they are and who they want to be and that works well for them, I think that can be very fulfilling in and of itself mm-hmm. but I think if you're chasing that and you're trying to portray something that you're not and you're constantly carrying that mask I think that again is is a very destructive influence on people's lives. And I think we see this so much with you know in in the magazines with the photoshopping and and the the portrayal of but we're women here. Let's face it, we all know what we are supposed to look like and none of us do. So (laughs) there we we are. Um you know you're either too fat or you're too thin or you're too girly or you're too boyish. You just can't get it right. uh, You just can't get it right. So um if if you haven't found your individual brand of authenticity just yet and how much you're you're prepared to share, and you know how much of your personality do you want to put on the plate, then I think it, it can be quite
0: overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It must especially in be- our times from school. I was just thinking of or you want to fit in and conform to some sort of group, like you have your little clicks hmm. and then you start to behave a certain way and you be that thing and then we just take that into our future and continue that momentum I think that all of us are individual we all have something unique and we know that that's just you know it's all natural to us and it's it's beautiful when we're doing things we enjoy but then when we behave to someone else's expectations someone else's standards There's a disconnect and that's what I see with this online world is that we're trying to be this thing, whatever this thing is, because we're told it's the best thing. Mm. It takes us away from that. We feel disconnected. And then that's when we go into a spiral of self-sabotage. Like, for example, uh, I I talk about um, going through different zones in life. Like we're on a journey to our our destination, you know, in the next 10 years, I'm going to have a yacht. Yes, I am. (laughs) And so I'm going to navigate myself there. And then then there's things that stop me on my way. And on one of the areas is called um, temporary happiness zone. And when you get there, that's where you, you know, you you do things like go on to asos.com and you buy the outfit because someone on social media has this, and this is the next best thing. Like TikTok's a bit like that. You know it's all about the the latest trend and and if you don't have that trend, you're not cool, so you're you're out of sync of everything and it's it's just so overwhelming like how do you know how to be authentic authentic when there's all this noise going on That is a very big question <laughs>
1: <laughs> um and I think unfortunately for for all of us, the answer is is slightly different because it's very individual to your your upbringing, your experiences your culture um your your personality you know an introvert is going to feel different in their authenticity than an extrovert might um you know religion might come into it parents might come into it background place you work in may allow certain things um i have in in one of my questionnaires of you know where where do your values sit and how you want to portray yourself there's the, the slider of professional and authentic and it's a sliding scale to certain people because if you think about i mean to me they're not opposites but you have to at some point make a choice because If you're at a doctor's office and they're dressed in whatever they would wear on the weekend and their hair is blue and they're not wearing their white coat, you would immediately mistrust the situation. Their professional, um, their ability to do the job would be undermined by them wanting to be individualists. So on the other end. You would expect somebody who is an artist, you would expect a musician or or a creative person to be very expressive in the way they dress and, and, you know, how they show up and, you know, what weird hobbies they have and who they hang out with. For them wearing a suit and a tie all day, every day, that would be disingenuous to what we expect from them.
0: But But that doesn't mean that's the thing we're then expecting. So then are we all the problem? I think individually
1: we're not the problem, but society has a tendency to try and put people in boxes, doesn't it? Uh,
0: yeah. I mean,
1: I, I saw this brilliant series of YouTube videos, not that it, this is something I would watch on um, Bitcoin and financial services and like all these online financial things. And it was presented by a really, really, really sharply dressed black man with. Um, with rastas so he'd have, in his <laughs> turban and then he had all his dreads up top <laughs> like
0: <from laughs>
1: up to his chin he was like a complete rastafarian and then suit and tie and three-piece suit and like super sharp and he was talking about financial services and I looked at that and I was like that's authentic that's like really cool that's somebody who knows exactly what they're talking about they know how they can bring their knowledge, and this is something we we mentioned in conversation earlier, they they know how they need to dress so that their knowledge can shine in the environment they want to talk in. Because if you turned up in a Botmarly t-shirt, we probably wouldn't watch that video on Bitcoin. (laughs) Just because it's so out of context. Yeah, but if he puts on the suit it allows the audience to look at him and go I will give this man the time of my day you know my my time of the day and then he has a chance to actually tell us something that's really valuable and at the same time impress us and at the same time bring a bit of his culture and his history and, and his beliefs and persuasion into that whole mix and I think that's that's where it's at you know finding ways of doing what's acceptable in the workplace so we we're not putting up unnecessary barriers for ourselves but finding those little bits where your personality could come into it you know in in the way you I mean my emails are full of emojis I am like the queen of emojis in email. Um to the point where I'm, i now teach at university as well and the uni emails are full of emojis as well and you get these like really dry ones back like this.
0: Don't like my style, okay. So um yeah, but that's okay. That's the balance is what you're saying. A balance yeah. of an understanding the situation, like play it how it is. So mm-hmm. if you're trying to get authority um and credibility then there might be somewhat of a standard in terms of like how you're perceived. Um, Because it's the full experience of you that comes to the table. It's how you stand. It's how you deliver the content. It's the way that you look. That's the whole package. And it's Mm. better to be you and genuine with a understanding of the situation. Yeah.
1: Um we can see how that works. Brene Brown, um if you've if if anybody's interested or, or has read um Braving the Wilderness, is has a really interesting take on on what is this wilderness where you know anything could happen, but I have to put myself out there in such a way that feels right to me on the you know on on in the full knowledge that I might that it might offend people that it might not be right for everyone that you know members of my family might be disappointed with my views but that this is still something that is part of my conviction and is part of my message and that I owe it to myself and the world and that message to to carry that into the wilderness and to to be there sort of maybe on your own you know and and not have that that huge group of fawning admirers that that prop you up, but where the authenticity and the message and um, finding a space that that is really true to you is more important and more valuable than being liked and being um, sort of surface followed yep if that term makes any sense at all
0: yeah so i suppose you're limiting yourself if you're concerned about what other people think and feel and how you should behave you you said earlier about how people should be in business these shoulds are expectations by yourself or other people and that's that's limiting because as humans we love to grow and who we are today and where we want to be there's going to be an element of learning of doing something different we don't really know the full answers we just trust that we will figure it out as we go along um so you can't be perfect you can't abide by other people's standards otherwise you won't be growing
1: you mm-hmm.
0: yeah If if you've got this big passion for something then then go for it unapologetically I think that's what you said in your article you say unapologetically unapologetic passion or something yeah yeah just going for it and evolving and if you do royally mess it up apologize learn your lesson move forward yeah
1: I think it's it's better to have tried and to have a bit of fun doing it and even if you fall on your nose you know, it's, it's it's better to know that it doesn't work than to wonder all your life whether it could have worked. Mm. And one thing I've experienced, two things I've experienced. First of all, I think the lockdown has been really, really good for all of us to evaluate standard, evaluate or reevaluate standards of what it is to be professional. What is acceptable suddenly that was never acceptable before? Like, who would have thought that for... An entire six months the BBC could run every single interview with a shitty home connection over people's Zoom lines and on phones, and and suddenly that was okay. You know, there was no makeup artists, nobody touching you up, and nothing studio perfect. Um it was just the way it was, and people lived in
0: their gym jams, and I don't think I wore a bra for six months, and it was okay. <laughs> Did you see the standard of everyone's? Style change. I I, I was thinking about this before we went live. Is that I think, whilst coronavirus has been devastating in many ways, lost businesses, lives, there's a lot that's you know awful about it, but there's equally a lot that's been amazing. Mm. And I've seen people become themselves since being able to like work from home because they're not hiding away or putting on this persona anymore that suit and tie when you go into the corporate offices i remember at samson you'd walk in and it was just suits and ties everywhere and it was just like oh this is so cool i I thought that was cool um uh, it suited my style then but then when they changed the rules of you know wear whatever you like it took me a long time to break out of my suit style clothes to something a bit more casual but in uh lockdown meeting people online their personality just shone through. And eventually they did this, yeah, no mm. bra, no pants. You know, I was in my pyjamas a lot of the time and you couldn't see under the desk <laughs> with the top on. I was like, no, you well, know, this is me and here's my cat and whatever, carnage everywhere. Cool. I think they call it professional on top, pandemic on the bottom. <laughs> Do
1: they? I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I happen to be wearing jeans today because I was just out earlier, but... <laughs> Yeah, um, but I think when when we talk about authenticity, there is a certain danger that it's it's that we seem to think it's mostly about appearances and how you know how what we how we dress, what we decide to put on our bodies in terms of hair dye and makeup or no makeup. Or, um, but one thing that that struck me really powerfully was at the beginning of this year, I did a sort of a, a goal exercise of what am I trying to achieve with my life now that COVID has kind of come and upended everybody's world and we're, we're starting into this new era um, what am I going to do with that and you get to a point where you've written down everything you like and I don't know if you've experienced that everything you would like to achieve and then you go and you look at it again and if I stripped away all the expectations of what society thinks a woman of my age should be doing what my parents think is appropriate for me to do, what my partner think is appropriate for me to do, what my work trajectory up to this point is where it's taking me. If I took all the expectations away and I looked at those goals in a vacuum, would I still want them? Or would I suddenly not want them quite as badly? And maybe there is something else there that I would allow myself to want hasn't come up because I was in this wheel of I'm doing things the way I've always done them and it's working for me so and that's that's a form of authenticity I think as well you know to to allow yourself to have goals that are or have dreams that are some that maybe somebody could look at and go that's a bit weird or that's a bit off or
0: are you really (laughs) kind of that sort of thing. How did it go for you when you did the exercise? Wow. Was it completely different to what you would normally have on your list? Yeah because you have
1: you kind of have this bucket list and you go well that'd be a nice thing to do and that'd be a nice thing to do but but it was all along the lines of oh I can go there you know as you would travel get on a plane four-star, get picked up and everything. Um, And one of the things that came up for me was that I've always thought about doing adventure travel. And with that, I mean real adventure travel, overlanding, you know, crossing a continent, that kind of thing. Um, And, yeah, there are places where you get kidnapped and there are places where nobody speaks your language and there are places where there's no petrol station for, like, miles and miles and miles and miles. And yes, as a woman, that's probably not the most safest thing to do. Um, but I've, I've just said, well, let's do that. Let's, you know, do the Silk Road and let's do the Silk Road and motorbikes, which I don't even have a license yet, but let's do it anyway.
0: <laughs> so are you saying that then the authenticity is not just your appearance, but also the things that you're interested in? Um, I was also thinking like values as well like what's what's your personal code of conduct and I suppose that kind of leads quite nicely now into like the business aspect where you've got a lot of experience there and your clients how do you normally help them to be authentic so that that comes through in their business so that they can still be professional if that's what they want um uh but yeah but themselves I mean, the kind of, on on the question of what is professional and what
1: isn't professional, I think if you have a business, you are a professional. If you are not professional in your business, then you need to get out. (laughs) So I think if you find the right audience for what works for you, especially because I work primarily with other service providers that tend to have quite intimate relationship with their clients um you know they they get to know them very well they spend a lot of time together and for them it is absolutely not an option to have to put on this mask every single time they see somebody because it's exhausting and it's boring and like who wants to do that um for me it's really a question of trying to find out in a series of you know, conversations and sessions and exercises and things that I do with them, how they see themselves, how they see the world, what their process is like, who they would love to work with. Um, you know, if, if their brand was a time of day, what would it be? If you closed your eyes and touched it, what would it feel like? You know, we're we're getting quite sort of weirdly metaphysical there. Um, And also, how much of yourself are you prepared to put out there? Because some brands are very personality driven. They have very much a figurehead that is out there and that's very happy to be on social media and on video and on podcasts and and this sort of thing. And others prefer to have a system and to sell the system and to be the one that is developing and you know, working through the system with their clients, where it's more about the transformation itself that they're selling are not so much about their individual personality. And I suppose it, there is a bit of black magic in there somewhere where it's down to my intuition to say, I think this is what your image looks like in terms of pictures and, you know, words. That this is how, if I were you, this is how I would portray you. Um, but it is very much a self-finding exercise to a large degree, where we look at what has changed over the last five, five years, ten years. If, if you're doing a rebrand, chances are you want to change something. Mm-hmm. So why change? Why now? What does no longer sit well? Where does it itch? You know, it's it's like a, if we're going back to clothes, it's a coat that you've owned for the last ten years. And you've loved it in the beginning and it was brilliant and it fit you really well. And then, you know, the rest of your style changed and you put on a couple of pounds and the coat's got a bit threadbare and looks like it's 10 years out of fashion. Mm -hmm. And at some point you go, well, I'm now uncomfortable wearing that because everybody knows me as that, but I've changed, but the coat stayed the same and now i've got this cognitive dissonance looking at myself in the mirror going i don't want to look like that anymore and i know that's a metaphor but it goes in your business in your materials as well your business cards your emails that you send out your website on your social media you know if if what goes out is still outdated and if you have outgrown that that look that style that way of working that way of attracting clients you're doing yourself a disservice because you're actually a little bit embarrassed every time anything goes out and I always say if, if you're embarrassed about your business cards how can you present yourself in a networking meeting in a pitch situation when you meet somebody how can you present yourself in the best possible way when part of me a part of you thinks please then look at my website because it's really out of date that should not hold you back from shining in that
0: situation absolutely of course do you have other examples that I've um where people are really struggling I can understand on like you know the business card the website but you said something I, I didn't consider before like the emails so the style of email is like in terms of like the the content or the delivery of it or if you if you're like a systems person maybe it's like a crm system and it goes in a certain format do you have other examples of yeah people they really struggle with um what
1: we look at is brand as a whole and um to to those of you who think that brand equals logo it's a little bit bigger than that brand is basically what people think of you once you've left the room so it's The entire impression that you leave on them. So you're only partially in control of your brand because you you put out certain things, but then you have to allow the world to react to it and let them form an opinion of what they've seen and what they've heard and whether they like it, whether it resonates with them or not. So um, we basically look at how do you want to come across? What do you want people to feel? when they first see you, when they work with you, after they've, they've worked with you, um, what gut feeling do you want them to walk away with from the interaction? And with everything being online now, the interaction is no longer, oh, I've met somebody face-to-face and I've had a chance to shake their hand. They might've seen you on Twitter. They might've seen you on Facebook. They might've just had an email. They might've downloaded something of yours and now they're on your mailing list. They might have been on your LinkedIn, on your YouTube. They might have seen you somewhere, heard you somewhere. And there could be six, seven, ten interactions you have with people where you don't even know that they're having the interaction. And the question then is, well, is everything you do helping you build this reputation that you want? Or are you, you know... the the funny guy on Twitter because it's fun to be fun on Twitter and you're really serious on LinkedIn and people can't tell from your LinkedIn profile what you're really doing because all your stuff is on there. And then they look at your website and your website's from the job you did like three years ago and now you're not really doing that anymore. And none of it speaks the same language. So emails come into it to the degree that you want your email signature to have your branding on it. You want the way you word things to be true to how you would talk when you talk to somebody in person. The guideline is always, would you talk like that at home? If you wouldn't say that to anybody in your house like that, don't say it in an email because nobody cares. Like corporate speak is dead. (laughs) It's clinging on. With like cold dead fingers, but it is so dead. So, <laughs> um, and to help people shed 20 years, sometimes of corporate conditioning to just allow themselves to be people and speak to other people like humans. That's part of this whole email thing as well. And uh, I do have clients that struggle with that especially yeah. when they've had a, a really successful corporate career and then decide that they could make three times as much if they were a private contractor then you know, trying to, to climb the greasy pole
0: um, and go to, on, the, on their to own. To then have the consistency, because that's what yeah. I'm hearing, you need the consistency across platforms. Yeah. And to then go into a business, even if it's not a new business and you're just setting, um, sorry, you're... Um, I want to say refurbish in a business. What's the word I'm looking for?
1: Um, I suppose you can you can call it a refresh. It's refresh? it's
0: sort of a yeah. rebrand.
1: Rebrand is, is the, the, word the terminology, but
0: yeah. Yeah, so where you go for a rebrand to then do all that work across all the platforms, there's just so much to do. And unless you go all in and schedule that time, then you'll have the inconsistency, and that's gonna portray a confusing message to, to yeah. all things. But part of the strategic work is also to decide, do
1: I really need all of those platforms? Mm. Which ones work for me and which ones don't? Where am I only because the world says I need to be there? Mm-hmm. You know, I got invited to Clubhouse in the first week. I've never once been on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've got it. And I was like, this sounds like a great idea. Let me get involved. And I was like, yeah, nah. Nah. And and I think that is also part of the
1: the business authenticity to say, look, this isn't giving me anything other than grief. This is a distraction, something that I feel like I have to do. But is it really me? Does it suit my personality to do, you know, to, to run a group or to run a challenge? Does this work for me as a human? Am I going to be at my best when I do this? Or is it just something that you know, marketing says I need to do because everyone is doing a challenge? Um, or am I better on the phone? Would it not be better if I just rang people? Or would it not be better if I did a series of webinars instead of trying to do pay-per-click advertising, which might not be your style? And it's all in the the idea is only doing... What really works for you, and that is not just on a business level, but also on a personal level, because there might be things you have to do on a business level that are not really your jam, but then and and you'll be the first to say yes to that, then outsource it then give it to somebody who really likes doing that sort of thing but where where you're putting your so your um zone of genius if you like your that real secret source of what makes you unique in the in the world, in the business space that you um, that you live in. How do you translate that into the kind of marketing that is actually joyful for you to do, that reaches the right kind of people in the right kind of places and says the right things to them? Um, and that doesn't make you feel like you've just aged 10 years having to do this mail shop. <laughs> I mean, being self-employed is hard enough. You don't have to do all these things on top of it. So again, if we bring it back to authenticity, it's not just doing the systems and making sure you check all the boxes on all the platforms. It's taking a step back and going, do I really need all of that? Which of these can go? Which of these do you want to focus on? And then how can I make the most out of what I can bring to to this platform? Not that I'm a social media mm. advisor or expert at all, but it comes down to, again, who do you want to be? Who do you want people to see you as?
0: So it's almost like <laughs> leveraging your strengths when making those decisions and then capitalising on it. I suppose the downside to that is that if it's something that's like your weakness, but you want to grow it, you've got the element of, uh, in fact, there's there's a book that I've got um, up there and it's called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether it was that book or something else, but I learned the phrase, fake it until you make it. And that worked for me in some regards in that I would push myself to just try these things. I, I didn't know how to behave a certain way, but I, I went for it. I failed a lot. Mm. you know i see that as a blessing because i learned a lot too and I, i got to grow um but does fake it until you make it become problematic particularly if it's just something you you just really don't value or you really just don't want to do it there's almost like a confusion of when is it fake it till you make it in a good way and fake it till you make it in a in a negative way it's funny because I have
1: such a, a difficult relationship with that statement because on the one hand, I completely believe that there is something like an aspirational identity and that I, I, if I choose to become a TV presenter or, or a podcast presenter or anything like that, that if I, if I do this as a role, until I've grown into the role and it's then no longer a role, but an extension of my personality, then that's really, then the role has been really helpful in, in allowing, giving you that confidence to feel like I'm now behaving like a presenter. Therefore, eventually it'll become natural. And then I am a presenter. So I get that, that, that completely works for me, but in terms of, um, specifically in the business world and and brands, because the world is so transparent, I think people see through it if we fake it too much. And everybody's bullshit radar has become really good. So, you know, I'm, I'm not telling people that we have a team here. It's me and sometimes my partner and the cat runs everything. And that's us. And yes, I work with other specialists that I bring in on a project if we need them. But you know, th- there is no we in this business. It's my my business, my time, and I've I've dropped the we because yeah, in the beginning it made me look bigger and more important. But actually, people don't care. They they care that you know what you're doing and that you have a plan for them, and that the, that plan is going to get them to a better place. And but you can articulate that in a way that will help them spend their money. Um, so
0: it, that's a really interesting question. It is, and I, I'm i torn on it as well. So that's why I thought I'd throw it out there. I don't know the answer to it. It's it's helped me, but is it the right thing to do overall, particularly when you're trying to be authentic? So I suppose, yeah, something for both of us to, to reflect on and yeah, see see how we feel about it.
1: I think if you're in... If you're authentic in the goal that you're trying to achieve, and that is is really aligned with who you are and where you want to be, then it's a tool that you can use to get you there. If it's a a way to make money quick,
0: it probably won't work. (laughs) And there's a lot of those. Uh (laughs) Okay, so based on what we've shared today, what you've shared today Mm -hmm. what one key advice would you give to the listeners right so i think when it comes to um
1: presenting yourself in any which way as long as it's not going to get you fired the question of is this professional or not and can be answered with does it bring you joy or not and if it does bring you joy to behave a certain way or to have a hobby that's a bit weird and a bit out there, or to dress in a certain way, or to speak in a certain way, um, then go and do it. Go and please do it. We need more. I, I want the world to basically be RuPaul's Drag, drag Race. That would be fantastic. I would just want it to be big and loud and fabulous and everybody just do their own thing.
0: That'd be amazing. <laughs> agreed um do you have any services or products available to help the listeners to go to yellow um if you
1: are a a coach consultant trainer therapist in that space and you've got to a point in life where you're a bit embarrassed about the things that you put out there and a bit itchy feeling that you've outgrown the way you present yourself um i have a 26-page comprehensive guide to rebranding, which you can download. We'll put the link in the description. And uh, you can also hit me up on LinkedIn and ask any questions you like.
0: Brilliant. So is that where you want the listeners to get in touch with you, LinkedIn? Um, LinkedIn or um, on www.apricity.studio.
1: Again, the link is downstairs. Forward slash book you can book yourself a 30-minute clarity call and I will not sell you anything. I will just genuinely answer all your questions on how to go forward with this rebranding thing, with this branding thing, or whether it's even something you need at all at this point.
0: Brilliant. Marina is available to support you, guide you and inspire you on a journey to yellow. Read... (laughs) reach out to her today I was going to call you him (laughs) this is what happens when I'm trying to remember what my script is (laughs) authentic right so reach out to her today help is here it's always here but you have to take the first step details can be found in the description Marina thank you for your words of wisdom today and in the yellow magazine may your life be yellow
1: actually made my life be loads of colors because I can't even decide on a favorite color I have I like
0: everything (laughs) your background says it oh you've got you've got it all going on I do
1: (laughs) well thank you Tammy so much for having me it was a pleasure and um yeah I I hope the world becomes more colorful that that is genuinely one of the things that I want to contribute to life
0: just a bit more yellow yeah more yellow yellow yellow. is good yellow is a great color (laughs)